0: Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. I've been looking forward to, to, to doing this. Uh, when I was talking to Matt about a couple, two, three months back, I was like, do you think I might be able to grab the QB? And he goes, yeah, probably. So let's just, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll hope yeah. for it. But uh, yeah, man. So thank you for taking some time. Yeah, of course. Dude, um, is thats that, is that a, what is that? Is that an
1: old school Canucks hat you got on there? Or what is that? Yeah, it's an old school. Well, it's, I guess it's kind of old school.
0: Well, old is new. New is old. Yeah. It's getting there, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up here, right? So I was a fan of the Canucks and the Lions and, uh, and the White Caps and everything, right? So awesome. um, how do you how do you feel the season's been going so far?
1: Um, I mean, you look at it, it feels about like our record is. I mean, two and two um, – Having played three games on the road, honestly, and with a brand new staff, brand new team, and having the 20 months off or so, it feels about like that, some good, some bad, right? Like right. we still have a lot of room for improvement for sure. Pretty uh, early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's weird because it's like Labor Day, right? Like we just got done with the Labor Day Classic Games and all that, which is generally when you kind of know who the contenders are and who who aren't all that kind of stuff. And it's like you feel this like, push for playoff positioning that that's still kind of the case but it's weird because we're only a month into the season right with the the push you know the delayed start and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah man I mean I feel I feel like we have some really good stuff that we've done um I feel like we're going to be a really good team but we still got a ways to go for sure
0: and so with uh red black coming up this weekend who are some of the 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 few players that you want to make sure to shut these guys down
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they've they've certainly had some turmoil, if you will, on their team, Um, you know – Matt people people were kind of uh, you know Matt Nichols their starting quarterback is a good friend of mine. I oh, mean, is he nice? Yeah, I mean we played together in Edmonton and things like that, and and he's a nice. great guy, and I think he's a great player too. Um, you know, I think that they have a lot of things that they've kind of struggled with on their team, but people were you know media and and fan base and and stuff like that were talking about giving Dominique Davis a chance, and and he came in you know, I don't know if it was late in the first or in the second quarter in their game against Montreal last week. And, and they ended up getting some touchdown drives and things like that. So it's hard to say, like, I assume that, that they're probably going to go with Dom to start the game, but I don't really know. Right. Um, you know, so if that's the case, he presents a little bit different challenge than Matt Nichols does, because he's more of a mobile quarterback. And so, you know, those guys, uh, you know, Matt's a great passer, but Dominique is way more mobile. So it's like, if he extends a play that presents some challenges and things like that. So you kind of got to prepare a little differently. Um, you know, and that's, that's their offense. I'm more concerned about their defense. Of course, yes, I'm right? exactly. uh, <laughs> not going to be on the field when their offense on the field. So, you know, I'll leave that to our defense to take care of that business, but um, their defense is, is another kind of question mark in the sense that they've had a ton of injuries over the last two weeks. Like they started out the first two weeks of the season playing really, really good football. Uh, Benavides, obviously is a guy that, that Vancouver and B.C. Lion fans know very well, um, as their defensive coordinator. And I know him really well. Um, and he had those guys playing great the first couple of weeks. And then it was like, right before we played them, they had like this devastating amount of injuries in their secondary. and, And then they had some more injuries before their game against Montreal. So they've kind of been shuffling the deck a little bit. Um, you know, they got a good defensive line. They got a good linebacking crew, uh, and their secondary can be good. Um, it's just, it's hard to have continuity when you have all these injuries and things like that. So for us, it's more about worrying about what we do and making sure that we just are efficient. Um, our challenge this year has kind of been finishing in the red zone. We get down, we've moved the ball really well, but we need to finish with touchdowns and not field goals. So that's going to be our main focus for sure. Yeah. And do you play just a little bit better
0: when it's like you say, you, you, you know, the guy you're going up against, it's like somehow there's just <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. I you know.
1: So yeah, there's familiarity there, of course. Um, the same is on the flip side of it though, like Benny knows me really well too, right? So uh, right. you're not going to like surprise him with anything, Um, you know, but we spent three years in Edmonton and my first three years in the CFL in BC practicing against each other every single day, right? So uh, we played a lot of football against each other, each other maybe just not on game So this is a little bit different, uh, you know, but um He's going to be fired up, I'm sure, coming back to to Vancouver to play, um, and he's going to have guys amped up and ready to go. You know, and and they didn't they didn't have the greatest game last week. um, You know, so they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to try to make amends and things like that. Um, So again, stuff that we can't really concern ourselves with. We just got to focus on ourselves. It's so early in the season. We're such a new team that it's like, man, we just we just got to worry about what we do. You know.
0: Yeah, true, true. And it's cool as you progress through, you know, as a kid through to high school and college and, you know, get to the NFL. We're talking about that in a sec and the CFL. And, um, I am curious, like, what is your
1: first football memory? Oh, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what it is. I've been playing football since I was like six years old. My dad coached, I have an older brother who was playing before me. Right. So, um, I, you know, I was kind of allowed to play a little bit younger than most kids because, you know, who's going to sign the permission slip? Well, the dad's the coach. <laughs> he doesn't care. He'll take right. the responsibility if I get hurt. Um, but I was the I was the starting quarterback of the C team. So it, and we had this thing called grid kids that we played, and it was like A, B, and C team. A was the oldest, B was the middle, C was the youngest, um, and that was all prior to, like, middle school. So I was the starting quarterback of the C team. Uh, but the starting quarterback on the A team, so two age groups above me had gotten hurt. And, uh, so my dad was like, well, what the hell, I guess you'll just play for both teams. And so (laughs) C team always played first and then the A team played right afterwards. Um, and so I remember like playing the game for the C team and then running over the sideline. My mom would have like a hot dog from the concession stand and I would crush that and like maybe a bottle of water. And then I'd run back onto the field and start playing for the A team. So, um, you know, it was like it's just what it was. It was kind of a normal thing for us. Was just if you can, if you can walk, you can play, and so that's kind of what we did. <laughs> and and so at at what age are you like? You know, maybe I maybe I can go all the way. Oh, probably when I was six. <laughs> I probably, <laughs> nice. probably thought that. I mean, I remember watching <laughs> NFL games on Sundays, um, and for whatever reason, like Dan Marino was my favorite player. I love the way he played, but like I think I just like the Dolphins too. They had cool colors. I mean, I'm growing up in Washington State, which is about as far away from Miami as you could possibly get in the United States. And yet I was like a massive Dolphins fan. And I just remember watching NFL games on Sundays and and thinking like, man, this is what I want to do. And, you know, we just we played all time. I have two brothers. And so, and we had some good friends that lived in the neighborhoods. We're always playing like backyard football. Um, you know, I remember like we were playing in the winter time, but we get snow every once in a while. We'd be out in the backyard playing football. My, my, my best friend growing up Garrett near, he lost a tooth and we found it like embedded in one of our shoes. Like we were playing football and it got knocked out and like ended up in the rubber sole of a shoe. So it was like football was always a part of everything. So I thought from a very young age that I was going to play pro football. I mean, I think probably every little kid that plays sports thinks that, but uh, that right. was just kind of always my, my goal and my plan was to play pro football, you know, in some capacity.
0: And, and so which is harder? They always, they always compare, you know, you've played with the Seahawks, played the Rams and Packers and Steelers. Of course, yeah. the Eskimos or the Elks now, yep. uh, Lions a couple times now, yep. which is the harder one. Because, I mean, I mean,
1: it's two totally different games, right? Like, right, big as similar as they are, they are totally different. And I've seen guys, you know, come up to the CFL that, you know, get cut in training camp because they just can't really grasp the game or figure it out. And, and you think to yourself, like, OK, they're not you know, they're not a very good player. And then they, you know, six months later, you see them, they're on a roster in the NFL and playing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and likewise, I've seen some of the guys that are the greatest players that I played with in Canada get an opportunity in, in the NFL and get released in training camp, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's a different game. Some things translate very similarly and some things don't. Uh, quarterbacking is, is a, in my opinion, a much different game in the CFL than it is the NFL. Um, with our field being bigger, uh, there are different throws that you have to make that you aren't even a throw in the NFL um but with the NFL field being smaller and you know for the most part the guys being a little bit faster in the NFL the windows are much tighter and things like that so um and timing is, is much more important it's important in the CFL but it, it it's i guess king in the NFL um you know and then there's just some of the mobility stuff some things that we do in the CFL that you know offenses are doing here two years later, you see him ending up in the NFL. Like Everybody talks about this like RPO thing, run pass option. We've been doing that since before I came into this league uh, in the CFL. And like, this is something that just started happening in the NFL like four or five years ago. Right. Uh, you know, and everybody in the NFL thinks like, or in America thinks like, wow, this is like this new invention. It's like, no, oh, we've been doing that forever up here, you know? Um, you know, so, and then again, like defensive linemen have to be a yard off the line of scrimmage. So it's like some guys that are really good in the CFL, uh, Cam Wake ends up being one of the best players in the NFL for a long period of time. But then there's other guys that are great in the CFL that wouldn't be able to play in the NFL. And then you get other guys again, like you got guys that get cut um, and come up to the CFL and they don't even, they don't even make it to the regular season. So uh, definitely amazing players in both leagues. Incredible respect to both leagues. Um, you know, again, as some of the best athletes in the world are in the NFL, but uh, some of the best athletes in the CFL aren't far behind either.
0: So. Right. You're not running for a politician, are you? <laughs> I just don't want to get that's a pretty up. good answer. I don't want to get beat up in my own lock. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> um, talk about your pregame, uh, your ritual. What do you, what's your pregame?
1: Yeah, that's, that has changed over the years. I mean, I've been doing this for a while now. Uh 11 years in the CFL and 13 as a pro. And then of course, college, uh, you know, so over the years I've adapted and changed when I was younger, I felt it very important to get to the stadium super early, like be out on the field early, doing my own warmup, running laps around the field, getting a bunch of extra throws in and stuff like that. And it's funny because like I see, you know, our young guys like Nathan Rourke doing that exact stuff now. Uh, whereas for like the last four or five years, I don't care about that. Uh, I show up, uh, I sit in the locker room, relax, hang out, maybe, uh, lay on the floor and listen to some music and, uh, foam roll or something like that. Like, I don't even go out to throw, uh, until we do pat and go in like, you know, an hour before the game. Whereas I used to be out there like three hours before and stuff like that. Um, so it's interesting, like, and I have two little kids, right. And, and my wife and girls are always in town on home games. So my, my home game, uh, Ritual is a little different than my road game ritual on the road. We're just, you know, you're in a hotel, um, you know, and with COVID, like I'm in my own hotel room. I don't even have a roommate anymore. So it's like, I could just like lounge in my bed all day long and not, you know, just keep the, the, yeah. the droops closed. And it's just like pitch black. It's like a cave and I'm just like sleeping <laughs> until 10 minutes before I got to be on the bus. Um, at home, it's a little different. Like, like I'm playing dad and like <laughs> trying to entertain the kids and stuff, and then get to the stadium. So it's changed over the years. But the most important thing for me um, is just you know making sure that when you know when I get to the stadium, I'm not rushed. I like to get to the stadium early. Like I said, I don't do anything when I get there. Maybe get a massage from the trainers or something like that. Um, some guys are super weird. Like they have these like rituals that have to be the exact same. Um, They're superstitious and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't really care. I've learned over the years that like some stuff that I was like, I have to do this and like doesn't happen. And you like play one of your best games. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? That's the new, that's the new ritual. (laughs) Sometimes you forget to do something and you just stink to join up. And you're like, oh my God, it's because I did this. You're like, no, it has nothing to do with that. So um, yeah, now anymore, it's just like, I'm the old man in the locker room. That's like got my headphones in. So I don't have to listen to the, the new music and I can just put on some seventies and just get after it. <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. All right. I want to respect your time. I want to plow through a, a bunch of BC fans, uh, BC lion fan questions yeah, Let's do it. Uh, Brent wants to know about the best and worst locker pranks you've been
1: involved in. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there's, Oh, there's so many good ones. Most of them aren't even really appropriate for me to like talk about. So no. Um, you know, we used to do uh we used to do like leaners in, in Edmonton all the time. Like we had these like top shelves of the locker they would open up they would fold up and so anytime that like somebody would would uh you know be upset with somebody they like put like a big old bucket of water in there and lean it so that when they come in they open up their locker just oh yeah, on yeah. them um we actually i saw you know guys doing leaners like like a 55 gallon garbage can leaner of water at the hotel during training camp like guy opened his door and it just got like just blasted him with water <laughs> so that was always a fun one um guys would like baby powder people's entire locker rooms or locker areas so they come in like a rookie screws something up you know the phantom comes in to visit them and all of a sudden like every piece of clothing that they have is just covered in baby powder and and then you go out to practice you see them like we're going through a warm-up so guys doing like high knees and it's just like every time his foot hits the ground just like baby powder's bursting out of everything <laughs> um i've seen guys you know they're like They'll, they'll soak guys' stuff in water and then put it in the freezer and then a couple minutes before practice, like, put it in their locker so it's just, like, stiff as a board and, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I wasn't a part of this one, but I did hear one time a couple years before I got to Edmonton, one of the rookies pissed a, a veteran off, and while they were at practice, they had a local, like, you know, towing company that the guy knew had buddies with come and put his car up on cinder blocks and take his tires and leave. And he didn't, they didn't put them back on for like a week. So you know, there's always interesting awesome. stuff going on. Um, but those are, those are fun, but probably more yeah, the, that I can't really repeat. The best
0: ones you can't tell you. Yeah, right. um, Greg says, ask him what he thought about the no fans in the stands and the, the fake crowd noise during COVID.
1: Man, that was weird. You know, um, I think they did the best they could in all these different leagues. Like, you know, they had the NBA with like the digital screens that had like fans and stuff on the screens. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then, yeah, pumping the fake crowd noise in, um, you know, NFL games and stuff like that. And then it was also weird because different states had different uh, reopenings. And so, like, some of the games in Florida had actual had fans people. Yeah. Didn't, which. Similarly here, like, you know, in Vancouver, we have like a cap um, of how many people, people can be at the games. And and then, you know, you go to Regina, it's like a sellout there and it's just like packed. So, you know, I, I think the leagues are doing the best they can. I, it was weird for sure. It's like something I don't ever want to have to go back to is like watching live sports with like empty stadiums and fake crowd noise and stuff like that. But it would have been, I think, more weird to have it just be silent. Like, you know, that's yeah, we've had scrimmages or stuff like that in the past that have been closed to the public, you know, in Edmonton we'd be in Commonwealth and there'd be nobody in the stands. And like, we're trying to like have a game atmosphere. And even then we would like pump crowd noise in and speak oh, nice. to make it seem somewhat more realistic, but yeah. Otherwise it just seems like a scrimmage. So, you know, I, I don't know. It was again, certainly looking back on it, like it doesn't seem that weird now, but like back at the time, I was like, what the hell is this? You know, this is weird times we're living in. For
0: sure. It is weird. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sam wants to know what's your best gray cup story.
1: Ooh, man. Again, most of those can't be repeated, but, uh, (laughs) I will say this. So, uh, (laughs) one of my good buddies of mine that I played a lot of football with very large man, uh, with a very large beard, um, mm-hmm. you know, we spent that whole year together, eating on the road and everything like that. Going, you know, getting keg steaks the night before the game and stuff like that. Um, so we win the cup in in Winnipeg, and we go back to Edmonton a, a day or two. You know, the next morning we're there for I don't know, four or five days. I had to I had to leave. I probably would have died. I was having too much fun. I needed to get back home. But uh, right. we, we had, uh, you know, uh, we didn't do like a, a parade. We did like a, a big uh, whatever you want to call it, massive gathering at the square, uh, downtown. And so they had us meet at the stadium. Um, and they had all the buses sitting there waiting for us to take us to, to the, to the, to the, to the, you know, the the party, whatever you want to call it. And so I walk into the locker room and I had grown a beard out too. And my buddy's staring at me and he is clean shaven and he looks like a totally different man. And he points at me and he was like, I told you when we got back, no beards allowed. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do about that, and he just grabbed me, marched me into the bathroom, uh, handed me a, a razor, an electric razor, and as I'm and he's towers above me, he's standing behind me, staring at me in the mirror. And as I'm shaving my beard off, he's got a bottle of Fireball and he's hooked it underneath my arm and is pouring it down my throat. And uh, so I stayed nice and warm uh, during that uh, <laughs> activities, but it was it was definitely uh, forced upon me by a, a much larger man. So that was <laughs> yes. uh, time. <pretty> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Steve's got a great question. Um, Which players
0: from the current Lions roster would you not want to play against?
1: Mm, Well, I mean,
0: I mean, you know that already.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a number of I think we have a lot of great players. Um, You know, Burnham, uh, you don't ever want to play against Burnham because he's always going to make some amazing catches and like create momentum. I mean, I played against him for a number of years and I used to watch him just catch like dig routes over the middle in traffic and just, you know, these amazing diving catches and things like that. Um, now that I play with him, I would never want to have to play against him. The same thing with, you know, lucky whitehead. He's, he's uh, been a great addition for us, but he's just a headache for people to cover because he's not just speedy, which he is that, but he also runs great routes. Um, you know, so, uh again, a lot of guys I have played against, you know, I've played with and against Gary Peters, and I think he's a very good player. Marcus Sales was a guy that I tried to recruit big time to to get to come to BC uh because I didn't want to play against him anymore. I wanted to play with him. Um, you know, so definitely those guys, um, you know, for sure. Um, you know, all of our guys in the secondary man are, are very good. Even our young guys to the field are great players. I play against them every single day at practice. Um, so you know uh but but the game breakers are the guys that really piss you off and i and i don't really concern myself much against the defensive guys it's when i'm on the bench and i can't do anything about it i see another guy on a different team making these plays that's why like i said like burnham and whitehead and guys like that are guys that i'm glad they're on our team i don't want to have to play against those guys
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh michael I'd, i'd love to keep you for a few more minutes i want to plow through. Some, yeah, some it, stuff to kind of get to know you beyond what yeah, you know you're yeah. obviously known for football and sports mm-hmm. pro sports and stuff yeah. uh what was the music like in the riley house as a kid growing up like what are your
1: what are your parents oh playing? man um you know i mean it was like country music you know every time that we'd be in the in the van with this big van that my mom would be driving around you know taking us to all the different errands that she had to run it would always be like you know garth brooks and george Strait and stuff like that playing like honestly now if you turn on like old school, and I say old school, like 90s country um, yeah. on the radio, I, I could probably sing every single song, not well, of course, but I at least yeah, the lyrics yeah. to just about every single song, um, you know, from that generation, uh, my dad always listened to, you know, Willie and the boys, the four horsemen, stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and so that's what we would, we would go on. Like me and my dad would go on a two hour drive to, to Bluewood to go skiing, you know, every weekend in the winter time. And, and we were always listening to like Waylon Jennings, like all the time. And so Uh, again, I can still probably repeat just about every one of those lyrics. So that that that's what we listen to. Yeah, um, dude, that I'll, that I'll that kind of becomes like almost
0: pump, it's comfort music at that yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, it's not much. what I
1: listen to now, but I do I do have that music downloaded on my phone. And you know, you know, I, I never really search for it, but every once in a while, I put it on shuffle. You know, and and one of those songs will pop up, and I you know, you don't skip past it. You just kind of listen to it because it's, it's just so a good from your childhood, right? So. Yeah. So where did you grow up? Uh, Kennewick, Washington. So okay. uh, for people that are you know, probably more familiar with like the WHL team, the Tri-City Americans, that's uh, that's from my hometown.
0: Okay. So what was your first
1: concert? Oh, my first concert. Actually, I never went to a concert when I was a kid growing up. I went to a Pearl Jam concert. It was my first concert. It was awesome. Uh, it was um, at the Gorge. Uh, so I went to probably Central George. Washington University. And, uh, in Ellensburg it's maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour drive to get to the Gorge and George. And it's an awesome venue. It's like, I don't know if you've ever been to it. Um, but you know, it's kind of like in this Canyon that like overlooks, uh, you know, this drop down to the river and everything like that. It's just awesome. Yeah. It's It's
0: like a, just a natural amphitheater.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. So, uh, I went there, uh, when I was in college, I don't know, freshman, sophomore year to uh, taking a Pearl Jam concert. It was awesome.
0: Uh, which, which, when you find time, what, what, which TV shows are you watching? What are you binging right now?
1: Good question. Again, um, there's a number of them like Apple TV just came out with season two of C, uh, that has, uh, Jason Momoa, I believe is the guy's name, the guy from the game of Thrones, uh, you know, is called Drago in that. Um, and, and that's been pretty cool. Um, my wife and I watch Chicago fire. There's like a million seasons of like Chicago fire, Chicago M- med Chicago PD. So we're like kind of going through that, uh, phase right now. Um, I'm trying to think it like we binged, neither of us had been on Game of Thrones at all. And so we binged through that whole thing at, at one point in time. Um, but yeah, C is the one that's out right now that like we're waiting each week. Uh, um, what is it? Ted Lasso? Haven't watched it yet, but I've heard amazing <laughs> things about it, So I think that's like next on our to-do list.
0: Yeah, that's Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I mean, I funny. felt like,
1: I mean, I randomly... It's not like on my TV all the time, but like he was on uh, like the Ellen DeGeneres show and, and I was just like passing past the TV and like I stopped and watched like 20 minutes of because he was just, yeah. he, was, he was in his element. So I got to check that show out. He
0: just seems like one of those guys like you, you know, just have fun hanging with him. Oh, just, no question.
1: You got to have some likable.
0: It'd be a great time. Yeah, for Yeah, sure. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right, I, dude, I'm going to respect your time. I'll ask you one, one last question. It's an oddball question. Okay, perfect. Have you ever had a near death experience and not necessarily, you know, where you're flying over your body or whatever yeah, More yeah, like, yeah. Holy crap. I should have died there.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I have. It, it was so when I was in high school, I was out at a friend's house who lived not that far. And this was, so I grew up in Washington, but I graduated from high school in Montana. We moved there midway through my junior year. So I was in Montana uh, I think it was my senior year of high school and uh, I was driving home from a buddy's place. It wasn't super late, but it was like late fall. And, and so it was already dark out, maybe like seven or eight o'clock, but it was just like massive windstorm. Um, like one of those ones where you see like these big trees completely swaying and everything like that. And there's lightning and, and thunder and all this kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't that long of a drive; It was like 10 minute drive to get back to my house. And I'm on two mile drive, which is like very close to where my, my parents' house is. And I'm, I'm within 30 seconds of being home. And as I'm driving down the road, a tree blows over into the middle of the road. I'm going, you know, 40 miles an hour, maybe speed limit, whatever it was, but it's got a fork in the, in the trunk and it hits. And it hit right as my car drove through it. And my car went through the fork in the tree. And so one second I'm driving the next second, I'm like on an incline sitting there um, for some reason, the airbag didn't go off, but uh, Cause I think it just went right through the fork, but the, the trunk came through the windshield and was just inches from my face where I stopped. And so I had glass all over me. I had like leaves and stuff. I mean, I had no idea what, <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here. I'm like sitting in my car. There's a tree in my car. And so, you know, I took a minute to like compose myself and I was able to open the door still. And I like shimmied out from the car and looked at it. And I was like, this Whoa. is back. I'm in high school. We don't have cell phones yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. Like uh they they existed, but not in the capacity they do now. So I just like grabbed my keys and I just jogged home. It was like, you know, like a <laughs> two-minute jog. So I'm I like run through the backyard and the backslider's locked. And my parents are sitting in the dining room, like talking to each other. I'm like knocking on the door and I got like tree branches (laughs) (laughs) I got some like cuts on my face I'm like bleeding and my mom is like what the hell is going on going on here so I tell them and we get in their car and we, we drive out of the neighborhood and down the street. And when we pulled up to where it was my mom, like, cause she was like, I was trying to explain it to her. I don't think they really understood what I was saying, but when we got there and like, she saw it, she just like broke down and started like crying. She was like amazed that I wasn't dead. It was the uh, craziest experience that I've had. And it was super weird, but uh yeah. yeah. It was like a cool story the next day of school. I oh, of course, man. For you know, the rest of your really life, cool, you don't really think much of it. But looking back yeah. on it, I'm like, wow, that that was crazy. So, yeah.
0: And you know what? Most people have
1: a story too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it makes you honestly you sit there and, and realize, like, you know, how precious and fragile everything is. You obviously, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that like sits in and shelters themselves because you're scared of everything. But at the same time, you just, you know, take some appreciation for the day that you have, because, uh, you know, you can look back on it and go, man, one thing could have gone differently and I wouldn't be here right now. So Big sure. time. yeah, Big
0: time. Michael, thank you again for taking yeah. some time.
1: You're, uh, you're think- easy to find online.
0: You're uh, Reichster 13 on, that's on Twitter. Right. Yeah. That's Are right. you on Instagram as well?
1: I think I have an Instagram. I don't, I've never used it. I think huh. either Emily or, uh one the edmonton or bc somebody like made it set it up for me and i've never actually used that's it so, like <laughs> but i think somebody else like made a mike riley instagram years ago because like people were like oh, i followed you on instagram you got like a couple thousand followers and i was like no it's definitely like, no it's not me <laughs> so you know uh, but uh yeah twitter and even then twitter like i don't use a lot during the football season but during the off season i try to get on there and jump on to it up. so yeah it's just you know, there's just too many things to be distracted by, uh, you know, as it is during a football season that I just try to limit that stuff. But uh, right. but I, I think I think it's I think it's a great way, you know, for people to uh, interact with each other too, though. So, you know, uh, I, I'll get on there every once in a while.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for again for taking the time and, and joining yeah. us during midseason.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. And I, I guess we'll see you online and on the field. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, man. It was definitely a pleasure.
0: The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.